Well, we ended off before our little break with uh, Leafs Nation appreciation. You know, looking back on the positives of the year, everything seemed like it was going to be okay. Um, you know, everyone was going to just sign sign across the dotted line. Um, it seemed like everything was set. It just needed to be done. And um, all of a sudden, which even came as a surprise seemingly to Brendan Shanahan, Kyle Dubas is no longer the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I did not see this coming at all. Um, Roscoe here, Leafs late night, joined by Beaner. Um, th- this one caught me so off guard because, I mean, first it was the weird press conference where he said, you know, I'm taking some time to think about it, uh, you know, talking to the family and, you know, if I'm not here, I'm taking a year away. And that kind of struck everybody a little strange, but it was the I'm here or I'm not doing it that kind of reassured everyone that, okay, that, that, that that's the, the part we're going to focus on. But uh, it seems the rest of that statement really rubbed MLSE the wrong way because they, like the rest of us, thought it was just a matter of signing along the dotted line. And here we are with no GM, Austin Matthews needing a contract, William Nylander needing a contract, uh, probably 65% of the team needing contracts. And uh, what do we got? Brennan Pridham and uh, no longer Jason Spezza. Like what? the hell happened over the last week exactly um I, there's no answer I was, to that i don't expect you that's a really hard question no. to just throw at you what happened oh you know a uh, billion no. dollar franchise just kind of collapsed on itself after almost a decade like i was a little surprised by dubis's comments clearly like everybody was at that press conference. And then I thought it was a really just on the surface. I thought it was a really bad mistake on the Leafs part. And then Shanahan explained himself a little bit. I'm still not necessarily happy with it. And I don't know if we're going to be getting crazy deep into it tonight or not, but at least I can kind of see where Shanahan was coming from. Like if you try to look at it from a, a purely, managerial standpoint like this is the guy i'm giving the keys to my car to and he's questioning whether or not he wants to do it there's that and then there's also what's come out about uh shanahan blocking or at least you know mlse blocking some trades that he wanted to make and maybe not you know giving him the keys to the car as though it seemed like it was you know you can you can take the my motorcycle out on the weekend, but I'm not giving you the Porsche. Yeah. And I feel like Dubas was starting to get tired of that. And this seemed like the first year where maybe he went, you know, swinging for the fences and they let him do whatever he wanted. And uh, the fact that there might've been some pushback on that, maybe rubbed him the wrong way. Plus all the mis I don't want to say mistreatment, the death threats. I don't want to gloss over it and make it less than it was. The the death threats that him and his family were getting, like, I mean, I, I get it. It's not an easy market to be a part of. It's the same reason players don't want to be here. He's the face of it all, like, more than than Shanahan is, which I think is to his, is, uh, his benefit at this point. Like, this is the first we've heard of uh, and seen his name in the news this long in years. Like, he he's never really 
showing his face or or making any statement of uh, of substance. So this is the first time we've really seen anything powerful, and it's uh, the ball dropping on everything. Like honestly, I'm sad to see Spezza go with him. I am too, but you have to wonder. Basically, Spezza's front office career is still in its in its infancy, right? Like, really, he just well, retired. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to keep him around. Oh, so did I. He's, it, I have no doubt in my mind that still having him around benefited the players immensely and the coaching staff and, and the front office, just having someone who was right there with, you know, the majority of these players. Um, But I, I don't think it's going to go this way because of everything you hear. But I really hope that maybe they just kind of let Pridham run with this. I was hoping so. But I mean, the point's been made and I don't disagree that he is like he's the cap wizard. Obviously, he was part of the creation of the salary cap in the first place. But is he I don't know how much he's involved with scouting of other teams or like talking with the scouts or knowing what's going on with other players and and like the trades that happen as much as he is just internal affairs with the Leafs and being able to move guys up and down and telling them, you know, the dollar amount they have to bring in and what players might be useful to bring in to achieve certain cap gymnastics. Like those things are important, but I don't know how much uh, he's done as far as like we know that these trades happen by networking essentially <laughs> like if the gms don't already talk to each other it's kind of hard to get things done so i don't know how much pritam is connected to the other gms to be able to pull off deals and things like i i don't hate it i just think that there are some limitations there i don't disagree with yeah like there's so much we don't know um dubis has a in my opinion a, a fairly good track record with drafting and developing from what we've been able to see, like realistically the, the fruits of his labor are only just starting to rise to the top. Right. Um, but at the same time, was it him? Was it just the scouting staff that he put in that is just that good? Right. Like we don't really know we were given all the credit to Dubas and really maybe it, it wasn't even him. We we will never know that. So I guess that's a good point. I mean, what things? Can, what are some good things and bad things we can credit to him? Like, let's try to get a, a picture of what Kyle Dubas's career over. I mean, nine years total, but five as GM of the Leafs here. So obviously, one of the first things was um, Mitch Marner, right? Like bringing him in. That was when he was kind of interim with Mark Hunter. Yeah, they were. They were both part of the front office, but realistically, that was still really a no-brainer. Like the, I the mean, fact that there's uh, reports the fact it that wasn't. Hunter was there. The fact that Hunter was there, though, it's it. There was no way they were going to let him pass. I'm just thinking, like, what what are some good trades that he's made? Like he, contracts he aside, the, he got rid of Zaitsev. Yeah, getting rid of things is one thing, but I'm thinking of who he's traded for. Like the deadline was one thing, but I mean, it's been a lot of. Must I guess it's helped. hard to make big moves when you've got the big four, right? Like it's just been a lot of um, smart pieces around, which is not easy to do. And I think they're they're kind of taking for granted how good he was at finding diamonds in the rough for this team. 
they they definitely are. Nobody gives them credit for that. Like it's not just the Leafs going through this with the way the cap has been put into effect. All teams build around a quote unquote core. And then you, you know, you go to Salvation Army or Goodwill for the rest. Like, and the other thing that we, I mean, we talked about it a lot over the last couple of years, but it's been a while since we mentioned it. The cap was supposed to be a lot higher right now. So yes, obviously that affected every team in different ways, but it affected the Leafs disproportionately because they were at the point where they had just signed all these contracts expecting the cap to go up, you know? So yeah, he had a lot of gymnastics to pull. Finding people like Michael Bunting, finding people like even Ilya Labushkin, like there were guys that he brought in to fill out the the wings there that were just and in on defense. That you know, even Connor Timmins, like guys that you would never expect to be playing the NHL minutes that they were, and he uh, he gave them the shot. And well, not- on the flip side of that, getting rid of guys to give them NHL time. That that's the thing, and and people are mocking it saying that he he made it like too much of a comforting atmosphere but how how much of a boomer mentality is that yeah. <laughs> like, really we're mocking the fact that he he made the the workplace a better place to be and on the flip you, side we make fun of um what's his face for uh lou for making all the guys shave like pick one <laughs> yeah with with the way the toronto media is and and I say Toronto media because they're based out of Toronto, but they're so anti-Leafs. It's ridiculous. With the way the media is, you need something that's a little bit of a safe haven. And if that's your team, which by right it should be, then I don't see a problem with that. Like, he brought players in. He talked players into coming over from Europe to give them a chance in the NHL. Like Miko Some Lander. of them got stolen from us in the process. Yeah, some of them got Harry Sateri. <laughs> um, but and and he had the gentleman's agreement with them, like, hey, if if we can't find you a spot here, like, we'll move you. We will find you a home, a place where you will have a chance to play. Jimmy Vesey, and that's and and that speaks volumes. And then another thing that I hadn't noticed from any other GMs, maybe it's just that I didn't notice it, but when he made a mistake he realized it relatively quickly and he dealt with it like Nick Ritchie. Yep. Signed it. Didn't work out. Gave him ample opportunities, moved him on and got Peter Morazic. return. Morazic tried it. Didn't work out and, and got out of that contract without having to give up anything crazy. Everybody makes fun of him for giving up a first round pick for it. Okay. He dropped. What was it? 10 spots, 12 spots, 13 or something. Yeah. And he ended up getting Nyes. I think that's a win. Yeah, especially like, because of how impactful Nyes was immediately. Like, if that's going to pay off there, I mean, that's a that's a W. Um, I guess some of the, the negatives, or I guess it's hard to say because it's kind of just being speculative, but were the moves and the, and the, the system that he was leaning into the right one? Like, was there, was this ever going to hit or... You know, was he just going after a, a system that would be good in the regular season, but like everyone's saying, you know, was not going to get you through the playoffs? See, that whole question in my mind is flawed. Like the fact that you can honestly be asked, and, and I'm not trying to dig at you here, the fact that you can honestly question 
whether or not you can have a team that is consistently a hundred point team in the regular season and then turn around and say, Oh, they're not good enough. So for over the course of 82 games, they're in the top five, top 10 in the league almost every year, but then they're not good enough. Now, why is that? I'm just glad that everybody's stuck to their, sorry, go ahead. I'll I'll say about it. Like I was just going to like the game is the game. If you're playing the game in October and you're playing a game in, in, in May, the same rules should be there and they're not, but, but that is not, I'm not sitting here saying that's why we lost. We got goalied. That happens. It's one of the most random sports in the friggin' world. Like. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that everybody that was saying the regular season doesn't matter, stuck to their word and completely ignored the fact that the regular season was great. So, um, Good for you on Twitter for actually holding, you know, yourselves accountable for something and completely ignoring what was one of the best Leafs regular seasons in franchise history after uh, what was the best Leafs regular season in franchise history. So, uh, yeah, if we're just going to look at what happened in the playoffs, it's it sucks. But um, there was a, a tweet that I saw here. I'm just going to pull up real quick because I do want to give credit for this one. Um, it was originally about um, about Boston, actually, about how you know they had such a good time this season, regardless of how it ended, um, and uh, just people saying like retweeting it about the Leafs, saying like you know, here found it. Uh, this is at it's Mitch Marnie, Katie. Um, Exactly. Even the most heartbreaking end doesn't change the fact that for months the team literally made you happy every day. The bittersweet taste of remembering it now doesn't negate the fact that for months you woke up happy. And I got to say, we covered every game this season. It was it, it makes it really easy to do that when we don't have to talk about a lot of shitty losses. Like the first little bit of the season was really hard when they were awful and people were talking about blowing it up because they started like shit. Yeah, that was hard. And we haven't been doing this that long. So I feel like we've been pretty lucky to have two very good regular seasons to talk about. And um, yeah, you know, don't forget about that. And that's all you bringing that up. That is part of like one of the things that kind of makes me nervous. Because (laughs) yes, people like Lou are in the Hall of Fame for a reason. But the things they're in the Hall of Fame for happened 20, 30 years ago. Right? The, the fact that they still are employed in the position they're in doesn't necessarily mean that they should be. Oh, dude, the fact that any important vacancy at the Leafs has opened up, like anything above assistant coach, I'm worried because all the candidates out there are shit. Like, I don't like anybody. You have to go like 10 people down the list for me to be like, okay, I wouldn't mind that person. Like, Eric Tolsky, Brandon Pridham, Haley Wickenheiser. Yeah, great. All of them. Like, yeah, I don't want the list to go past that basically right now. (laughs) Unless you're going to go completely off the board and like Gary Roberts or something. Like, well, yeah, someone that nobody's thinking of. I'm trying to find the um, the list. I only have a short one here. I want like the full one. But uh, here from Sports Interaction, 
Brad Treliving is the number one at 2.23 odds. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's really scary. Jim um, Benning was reported as a possibility. That's terrifying. The, uh, Tulski, Pridham, and Hunter are the next three. Stan Bowman, no thank you. Um, Jason Botterill, Peter Shirelli, Lawrence, no, no. G- Lawrence Gilman, who's AGM right now, the Leafs. Um, Jim Benning, no thank you. And Mark Bergevin, absolutely no thank you. Yeah, I don't like I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't like it. So the the only thing I'm hopeful for is that maybe like maybe it's just me, but does it seem like basically since Bob McKenzie retired that none of the insiders are actually insiders anymore? Except like for they, Kevin Weeks for some reason. <laughs> That's because he's always just sitting outside of people's houses figuring out what's going on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, here, I, I'm on. I'm at 426 Main Street at such and such's house, and this is just breaking. No. Um, well, I mean, if you're watching the NHL Network, it seems like he's the only one that they're paying. So, yeah, it makes sense that he's the only one with any information. Like, because, like, you look at Cerebelli, he was so upset with Dubas at the deadline. Right. And then it seems like anytime anything happens, the f- one of the first people to, to tweet something is Dreger. And oh, it's yeah. never even close to being accurate. Like ever. No. So it, it's so weird. Um, and I, I really just hope that it, that's what it is. Everybody's looking at names available and, and the job and saying, okay, yeah, they fit. Yeah. Okay. Here, I found a, a longer list here. Uh, Pridham. Ryan Hardy, Jim Benning, Jason Botto, Ron Hextall. No, thank you. Brian Burke. What are we doing? Ray Whitney. So, Doug Gilmore. Okay, Eric Lindros. Like <laughs> the fuck out of so, here. Gilmore, I'd say no. As much as as much as I, I would love it because he's a legend. I don't think he's suited for that position. Whitney is kind of interesting because if I remember correctly, I think he's actually been a general manager of a couple team Canada's for the world championships and stuff like that. Cause he's been an up and comer in that position since he retired as a player. So that one's kind of interesting. Um, could be the nostalgia in me. Like I wouldn't mind maybe seeing Joe Newendike. you know, he was general manager of the stars for a while. I loved him when he played for the Leafs, but that, that could just be me remembering seeing him fly up the wing and score on, the senators to oust them from the playoffs i'm trying to find it doesn't say anything on his wikipedia page about his gm uh record who's that who's that sorry ray whitney oh um apparently last year he was in the running for sharks gm yeah they were interviewing him for it so he has been you know talked about for the job i mean I just not that I'm against ex players getting these jobs. It's just, I don't know. There's something about repeating the system of just bringing people from within instead of people that actually are like sports professionals instead of players. But I, I don't think that's going to happen for the Leafs, at least not this time. Cause basically that's what Dubas was. That's true. Right. 
like the last two teams that have tried oh, that. God, we're going to get Trump now, aren't we? Well, that's basically what friggin' Chirelli would be. Um, the last two teams that have tried that, it came back and, and punched them in the face, right? Look at the Coyotes with Shika and look at us with Dubas now. Yeah. Fuck. Like at, at least Dubas built something that was successful and sustainable. And come at me all you want. It was sustainable, especially if the pandemic didn't happen like you said like the cap should be 10 million dollars higher than it is right now yeah and wasn't it supposed to go up like um didn't they say something like six or eight and then they were like eh, actually it's gonna be like two yeah because oh, i think it was by 2025 i think they anticipate it being up another 10 million like that yeah would be drastic like that would have such a drastic impact on the team. Like that's the difference between adding your missing, uh, you know, first line left winger or filling out the defense or adding like three guys. Like there's so many. Th- I hate this. I hate this so much. This stupid <laughs> fucking COVID man. This is... <sighs> okay. So let's say, you know, worst case, Number one on the list here. Um, well, not on this list, but I mean, Brad for living is one of the most talked about ones. Let's say Brad for living comes in. What? Who do you think he'd move? Like, I mean, really, as far as people that are under contract, there's not many of them. <laughs> Besides, like, you've got Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Callie Yarncroke, Sam Lafferty, Matthew Nyes, and then like Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Jake McCabe. Lilligren, Timmons, Geo, and Murray. That's like everybody under contract. Holy we shit, do. whoever comes in has a ton to do. Nikki Bobby, Bobby McMahon, Joseph Wall. Like, there, there's still some players, but there's a lot of space, like a, a lot of roster space and a decent amount of cap space. Like, whoever's coming in, they don't even have to move a, a big name. And they can have a drastic change on this team. Yeah, it's just a matter of how you play with the money that's now available. I mean, look, uh, Achari, Aston Reese, Bunting, Camp, Kerfoot, O'Reilly, Simmons, Gustafson, Hall, Shen, Samsonov, Mete, all either you or RFAs. Like, you pretty much can do whatever you want here with a couple really good players still under contract. So, I mean, everyone says Dubas walked into a team that was already set. The fuck are we going to say about this person? They're walking into a team that's already in its prime. Mm-hmm. Like this is if I were to do this on an, on NHL uh, 24, I'd be like, no, this is boring. I'm doing a team that actually like, you know, is worth rebuilding. This is already there. <sighs> Realistically, the and. I'd have to look, but I I don't believe they can actually even technically talk to him until July first. But the first matter of business is trying to to get an idea of what Matthews wants to do. Like, what I I'll, I'll be on the record. I don't want him gone. Like I understand sports is a business. Players move on. Players retire. Players get traded. But it has been such an incredible. A, like thing to have to be able to watch a player like that on your team 
I mean, we've talked about it. Him and Marner have been breaking records left and right because the Leafs historically do not have a star like this. And it feels unfair to have one ripped away at the age that he is. Like, it, it it's we drafted and developed him. We should be able to figure this fucking contract out and keep him. It's so frustrating. Like He's 25 years old. Like he's whoever not comes in his prime yet. Whoever comes in needs to be really good at players that are already in the league like they need to know the league as it is because they have a lot of contracts to sign and a lot of gaps to fill and they don't need to worry about drafting like the the prospects are kind of already there they so i think that kind of allows mlsc to get specific about who they bring in i hope they do this in the right way but i don't know they're also hockey guys so i don't fucking trust them like to make a smart decision honestly if i was thinking if it was me, if you if you gave me the keys right now and said, Hey, this is your team, it would it would be money dependent, but I'd be trying to bring back Rhino and Achari for sure. And Shen would have a lifetime contract as far as I'm concerned going forward. Yeah, please. Um if I was gonna shake something up, I might try to move Brody. Honestly, I think that's one that's doable because he's still a valuable asset that I, f- I think we can replace with some younger guys. And I I feel like you can still get something for him. Like he's not on the, the point where you're trying to pay to get rid of that contract. Like I think it's a good one to be able to move. That's not a bad idea. Like you have McCabe in at $2 million. That's basically your new Brody. Yeah. Right? Like a little more physical, maybe not quite as good with the stick knocking stuff away, but you can kind of balance that out with him being a little more physical. And if you bring Shen in, or if you bring Shen back with what we saw he did for Riley, if they can do that over the course of an entire season, like you're you're laughing. So if, if you could free up that $5 million and you know those minutes are getting spread out over McCabe, Lily, Timmins, Geo, and Shen... I think that's very doable and that frees up a ton more cap space. Yeah, because you're able to keep Shen probably at a league min. And I mean, what's Brody at right now? Like four? Five. Five, yeah. That's, you need that five million because obviously Riley's here forever and he proved he's worth seven and a half. McCabe at two, like Lily at one and a half. Like all your defensemen you're keeping around are so cheap if you have giordano and brody at like eight or uh shen at 800k like you're laughing yeah <clears throat> it just man it's the whole bottom six that's uh really up in the air it's nice to know that matthew nyes can potentially be your first line left winger next year regardless of whether you lose fucking i don't even want to talk about it but <laughs> I hope they don't. I don't even know. It's like I don't. I don't want to talk about any of these guys still being here because then it's like, bleh, it could be gone. Like, and people are are ripping on the thought of because it's been rumored that Matthews is going to kind of go the NBA route, right? Like he did with his last contract. Maybe go for five years instead of eight. So what? Because then he can cash it again. My thoughts exactly. Like the NHL is the only professional sports league that routinely asks players to take less than what they're worth. Yeah. His agents just like taking, like you said, from another league, from the NBA and being like, no, my, my guy, I don't care what your league is running as far as their 
bullshit salary cap and financials. This is what my client is worth. And yeah, I now, don't blame them. Now, that being said, the fact that we haven't had any playoff success might work in our favor for this one. Like his cap hit right now is 11.64. Does he really warrant coming to us? What's the maximum going to be for next year? 16 mil? Mm. Like he's... It, okay. 14 and a half, maybe? I don't know. Like that, honestly, that's kind of where I'm thinking. You, what's the largest one right now? Sorry, I just got to look it up. That's going to be what? Uh, McKinnon starting next year? Because he's just over, he's going to be just over Connor. 12.6 for McKinnon. So you give what? Matthews, I don't know. 13.34 13.34 or 14.34 like just 0.34 uh, so many players do that now so i was just putting that in there it will be like it, it comes he gets to say he was whether it matters to him or not i don't know but he gets to say he was at one point the highest paid player in the league he has won a heart he has scored 60 he has proven that he's a leader of the team so a slight raise, okay. I'm gonna get roasted for saying that, but a slight raise, okay. It's inflation. Like, I yeah, I don't. I don't think you can go max. Like I, I really don't. I don't either. Because if you like, look, if he played the 200 foot game that he played this year and scored 60 goals. Yeah. Give him max. But like, I don't know to be a max player. Like, I don't know. I look at McDavid where one person can carry an entire fucking team, no matter how bad they're playing. Matthews is a different type of player. I don't know if he brings like, this is so hard. Like we're talking about the difference between like max and like 13 or 14 or 15 million dollars. Like this is splitting hairs, but I think that's kind of the argument we're making right now, right? Is Yep. If he could do and, it all at the same time, yeah. If he could do it all at the same time in the playoffs and get them through, yeah. Like that is the driest stretch of hockey I think he's ever played and it wasn't for lack of trying. Like, he, despite what everybody will say, because he wasn't lighting up the score sheet, like, he was playing well. He was playing a full 200-foot game, which McDavid doesn't do. I will die on that fucking hill. The guy's incredible offensively. Probably one of the best offensive players we will ever see in this game. But he does not play defense. Dreisaitl's a more complete player than McDavid is. He is. I agree with that. Like... And as entertaining as it is to watch, and I'm not saying I wouldn't want him on my team, but if I had to pick one or the other, historically, players who can do a little bit of everything typically do better with team success. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care they made a Western Conference final. They both have the same number of rings. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. So. <laughs> like... Um, I guess, uh, I guess the only other thing is, you know, Nylander, right? 
he's the one that's the odd number. He took a really low number to to start with and has since blossomed into, you know, a 40 goal scorer. So what do you do there? You still have another year of him under contract, but uh, it's the same situation as Matthews, right? If it's me, I keep him. Like, sign him long-term. I, I, I don't think he would do the, the Riley deal of taking, no matter what people say, if people disagree with it, but taking the, the discount. I, I honestly think that he is someone that you want on this roster because he doesn't get phased. Like, ever. And in a media like this, you need a player like that. He didn't shy away in the playoffs. People are saying he shied away from the physical game. No. No, he didn't. That That's his game. He he picks his moments, and then he cuts in, and he makes everybody jump out of their seats. Like, that's his, that's his game. He was still effective, and he definitely still has a place on this team. He, I don't think he's going to be making north of 10, nor do I think he should. But... That's like, interesting, yeah. What the number is is going to be uh, tough. Because what's he at now? Six, uh, six, six point nine, six nine, six two, three six six. What a stupid number. <laughs> um, as much as it pains me to say it, do you go like see if you can get him to commit long term? Go eight by eight and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking to last time when he held out, you know, what are they going to try to get? What's the, uh, what's his, what do you think his agent asks for out of the gate? Ten and a half? Eleven? But his, like, Marner's at eleven, Tavares at eleven, Matthew's at eleven, Nylander's not there. Well, I mean, he did score the most most goals this year. I'm just talking as his agent, right? Like, he can come out and say, you know, my client has turned into part of this core, part of, like, being on par with these guys. He's played interchangeably with them in the same positions. He steps in for them if one of them goes down. The four of them are considered the top four. So why is my client not worth $11 the same? Because rightly or wrongly... It seems like everybody takes into account, or most general managers anyways, things that, like, old school things still. So perception, because I guarantee you that they'll be going in there saying that, oh, well, he's lazy, shies away, or does this. Um, You also look at Matthews has been nominated for awards every season he's been in the league. He's won awards, major awards. Marner has been nominated for awards if not every season, the majority of the seasons he's been in the league. Okay, who's a comparable like in- player that's already under contract recently that to Nylander? Um, like Mark Shifley. <laughs> it's it's such a such an odd comparable because he's a winger, right? Like Shifley's a center; they who's typically get valued make? more. But see, Line is a borderline 50 goal scorer too when he signs those contracts. Um, yeah, he's at 9.1. What about Ellers? How's how's that for... It's not exactly comparable. Um, <clears throat> Nikolai Ehlers, 6 million, but his is up next year. 
So he's in the same boat as Nylander. Yeah, it's it's so so tough. Lines is uh, eight point seven. Total salary nine point one after bonuses. So I think like that's probably your closer comparison is like nine. So yeah, I mean his agent comes out with ten, and they you could probably land somewhere at eight times eight and a half if you're really looking to keep him long term. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, it, or even if you structure it in ways so that the AAV is a little lower, but <clears throat> in the long term he gets a little higher. Like even you look at it like Matthew Kachuk is only at 9.5. And as much as I dislike the guy, he's been flirting with the century mark points-wise. He's an MVP candidate this year. Yeah. Right? Like, it's there, there's so many different th- things to factor in, and it's, it's, it's really like comparing apples to oranges. Because even if you look at, like, Jason Robertson... He's signed for, what, 7.7? But he signed that before he exploded. Right? Like, now someone someone looking at him at 7.7 is like, oh, man, that's a great deal. Same with Tage Thompson. He signed for 7.1. But then you have the flip side of that. Kadri signed for 7. So, I mean, maybe... Yeah, no, I think eight times eight and a half or eight times eight is probably what you could get him at. But uh, there's obviously the argument the cap's going to be going up, so they might pull him up to nine-ish. But I think double digits is is uh, too much. Okay. Um, the other thing I want to talk about before we go to something fun is um, where does this leave Sheldon Keefe? Because obviously it's kind of up to the GM what they do with the coach. And it seems like Shanahan is leaving that up to uh, whoever he hires as GM. It's like, hey, here's your first job. Fire Sheldon Keefe because I don't want that blood on my hands. That's what this looks like to me. It's funny that you use that terminology because that is something that Shanahan has not had an issue with throughout his entire Hall of Fame career is having someone else's blood on his hands. Oh, Um, and it's also not even firing him. They just don't have to re-sign him. So, like, I don't get why they haven't announced that Keith does or doesn't have a contract yet. So I, let me start by saying I like Keith. I do, but I don't think he's at this point in his coaching career. I don't think he's right for this job. I I know. And I mean, we've talked about how hard it is to coach stars and it just seems like he's gotten as much as he can from these guys. Yeah. And like I, I really hope it's it's a, a Bruce Cassidy moment that 10, 15 years from now he resurfaces with another team and he's taking them on deep runs in the playoffs. Because I do genuinely like the guy and I do think he has a future in coaching. Oh, for sure. But like Cassidy tried to break in years and years ago and couldn't do it. And toiled away in the minors, coached and coached and coached and worked his way back up. And now look at him. Like just because your first attempt in the NHL doesn't work doesn't mean you can't have a career in it or you can't do it. But, and this isn't just because I despise a certain player, but lineup decisions that did not change despite 
eye tests and analytics both backing a change being warranted. Oh, this team's going to look different. Yeah. So that one specific player, go win a cup with someone else because chances are you're going to. Um, I just, I, I don't need to see you on my team anymore. I will gladly have him turn into the next Luke Shen where 12 years from now, we bring him back to the team for 800 grand and he's just murdering people. Like I'll gladly take that. He's just blocking shots left and right. He's the like, yeah, but now no, thanks. I'm so, I'm sorry. We tried. We did. Um, but like, we can't think- say we didn't try. <laughs> Things like like that, um, he's <clears throat> appeared to be outcoached in playoff series at times, whether it's been refusing to, to change matchup decisions, even, at, even on home ice where he has the advantage, you know, with regards to, to last change, or... The, the way the way certain certain things like he has team the team try certain things it's i i think he's hit his limit with this group so the same way that i pulled up the odds for our next gm i just want to go oh, through God. quickly who uh who the odds for the next coach is uh, looking like and um i hate it so much dude don't don't tell me. Joel Quenville. Oh, well, that's not Spencer. Spencer Carberry. See Gerard Gallant, Bruce okay, Boudreaux, so, and Andrew Burnett. So those names aren't near as bad as as the general manager names. Quenville's not happening. Um, I highly highly doubt a team like the Leafs would want that much extra bad publicity. Because everything the Leafs does gets scrutinized so badly by the media. Hiring Quinville after the whole Chicago debacle. Mm-hmm. I can pretty much guarantee that's not going to happen. Um, and damn it, it better not. Spencer Carberry, I think, would be a very easy decision as he's currently an assistant with the team. Very skilled coach, up-and-comer might like might not be the best option because of the same reasons with Keith, right? Like he was there, the team knows him, yes, they might be comfortable with him, but can he squeeze that extra out of them that Keith couldn't? I'm not saying I want Sutter. By no means do I want Sutter. I've seen some people saying that. I don't want these players to despite what people say, I don't want them to come to work hating their job. I don't want them requesting trades out of the city. Because we've just gotten to a point where players actually want to come to Toronto. Um, Boudreaux, as much as I love him, he does win everywhere he goes, but only in the regular season. <laughs> like, that's all he ever does, is win in the regular season. You want to take a stab at who the bottom four on this uh, sports interaction list are? At 100 to 150 uh, odds to one? Uh, Randy Carlisle, Mike Babcock. Um, you got one. 
um, Dallas Eakins. And I, I don't even know who I'd pick for the fourth there. Mike Babcock, Kevin Bieksa, Don Cherry, and Paul Bissonette. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Some and other Andrew Burnett's- notable names on here. We got uh, Rick Bonus, um, Dave Tippett, Ty Domi. <laughs> like, they're just going off the board with these. So if if you're bringing back a former player, I don't think it could be Domi because it would just be a media circus with Domi. Like, r- really, it would. Anytime he talks to the media now, which is few and far between, it's it's he just has that that look about him that that shit eating grin all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it would have to be someone like a Roberts or a Clark, or maybe even Dougie. Oh, Gary Roberts would be awesome. Could you imagine him? Like, it yeah, the whole team would be jacked. It would be awesome. They'd all be eating, nobody's like, getting sprouts, pushed around but... in the playoffs. <laughs> Um, oh, buddy. Andrew Burnett's another interesting one because he had the Panthers team last year when Quinville got booted and he led them to the President's Trophy. He's an assistant right now, I believe, with New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a talented young coach as well who has been around for quite a long time. So he's young with regards to coaching, but he played in the league forever. So that's that's an interesting one, too. Okay, so I did reach out on Twitter to see if anybody had anything they wanted us to uh, talk about, any questions or anything. So Classic Kyle's Misadventures asks, um, what's your favorite conspiracy theory about what's going on? Also, who would you like to see take over as GM? And shout out to Joey Leafs, who said, I was going to say my favorite conspiracy theory is JFK or Marilyn Monroe's death until I kept reading. <laughs> <laughs> So what is your favorite conspiracy theory about what's going on, if you have heard any? Uh, with the Leafs? Yeah. I can't say anything's a favorite. Like, there's there's, <laughs> there's not a single conspiracy theory I've heard with the team that I would consider labeling favorite. We're um, in the worst timeline. It's, it's so bad. I Before the news was announced that Dubas wasn't coming back, I had kind of heard rumblings of what he was requesting, where he wanted more power. Basically, essentially, Shanahan would be stepping away and Dubas would be president GM. That was kind of a favorite (laughs) conspiracy theory because the thought of someone kiboshing some of the stuff he wanted to do, you know, it, it could have gone horribly wrong for the team, but it also could have gone incredibly right. Um. There's not a single, like I said, there's not a single conspiracy theory I've overheard right now, unless there's some that I haven't heard that I would like at all, rather like not even labeling it. So that I can't touch on. I just really, really hope they don't do something incredibly stupid. Yeah, I honestly, I've been so busy. Um, this is the first opportunity I've had to really catch up on a lot of this and I haven't seen any conspiracies, but um yeah, I just don't like it. I hope they don't go full, you know, off the board and grab somebody that uh, really shouldn't be part of this organization. Like, I'm just scared, man. I don't like when GM positions are open in any team, let alone the Leafs. It's been too long. Like, since we've had just, who's it going to be? Like, I can't even remember the last time. 
Well, it was before they hired Lamarov. Yeah, long ass time ago. Like, if if I had to say something, maybe that I'm hearing that Pridham, it's all but Pridham's job with Wickenheiser taking a bigger role. Uh, Mikey D, hockey and Leafs aside, what are your summer plans? <laughs> um, Paddleboard, so- maybe golf, maybe the five time. Summer's a really busy time for work, so that's just ramping up. Um, but aside from that, I spent this entire long weekend trying to get the yard ready for the summer. Pools open, chemicals in the pool, grass cut. Nice. Tons of yard work done, so just trying to enjoy the yard a little bit. Oh, good for you. Sorry, I'm getting tired. It's midnight here now. <laughs> long day. Um. I got another one here, Chris, Chris Roche, uh, maybe too late to make podcast. Nope, it's not. What are your guys' opinions about what you would all like to see happen over this off season? Uh, I would like to see them hire a competent GM that, like I said, is good at filling out the roster slots with people that are already established in the league and is good at managing the cap alongside hopefully still AGM Brandon Pridham. And uh, that's kind of it. I hope they re-sign who needs to be re-signed uh, in Nylander and Matthews and Achari and Samsonov and maybe just fill out the rest with uh, the fun free agency pool. And I'm excited to have like a lot of cap space coming into the free agency, you know? Like usually it's, oh, we've got um, $1.1 million. No, it's going to be like a lot. <laughs> Technically, right now, I think it's at eight, maybe closer to nine, but that's not including the the possibility of putting Muzzin on LTIR. And you can yeah, exceed, I don't know what you the, can exceed the cap in the off season by a certain percentage as well. I don't know what the deal with Muzzin's going to be, man. Like for me, we've touched on a, a lot of it. But uh, if I had to keep it simple, if I had to pick one thing that I really hope they do is I really hope they bring Shen back. That was such a nostalgia trip and and so many memories from the dark times when he was one of our bright spots. And mm. I loved seeing him there. The, what he did for that team was incredible. So yeah. if I had to pick one thing that, because with regards to general managers, chances are we're not going to be able to we could throw at a hundred names each of us right now. And we're probably not going to pick the, the person that it's going to be. Probably not. And with that, let's start the show. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your. No, I'm totally kidding. I just realized it's been almost an hour and I totally forgot to do that. Um, so welcome back to uh, Leafs late night presented by inside the rink. I'm your host, Roscoe. I'm joined by Beaner. If you're still here, it's been, 51 minutes of us talking about this so uh if you don't know where to find us by now you uh you do now (laughs) so so marty's got a question okay cool he wants to know what what our thoughts are on the odds that the leafs don't hire externally keep pridham keep keith promote a lot of marley's resign the obvious players basically run it back sans dubas well, I mean, they let go the entire Marley staff. Spezza walked. It seems like anybody that was part of Dubas's, you I, know, I think he meant core. Players. 
Well, what I'm what I'm getting at is that I feel like everybody that's part of his system seems to kind of be on the outs. Uh, I don't see them keeping Keith for that reason, just because of how tied together they were, like coming up through the whole system, the Greyhounds to the Marlies to the Leafs. Um, and like I said earlier, I think that whoever the GM is is going to have a say in who the coach is. I just think they didn't want to have everything come crashing down at once and scare the players off. Um, so um, I think they're, I don't think it makes a huge difference, but I think they're trying to be somewhat methodical in how they dismantle this slowly. I don't think they expected Spezza to walk, but it happened. And uh, yeah, like I said, they cut the Marlies coaching staff that were all up for um, new contracts as well. So they might like, like I said, Pridham is an interesting choice. I just, I don't know if it's the right move for what the team needs right now. Um, when they are cap strapped, he's awesome. But this time it doesn't seem like they're going to be in the same position. It's going to be more about, you know, what's the most efficient way to spend the cap that they do have, like the abundance of it. So I don't know. We'll see. But see, I would almost counter that with it. It's almost more important now because we can't screw it up. Right. Cap wise, we can't screw it up right now. Yeah. With, with, with the holes that are there, the amount of players that they need to sign. Like if I had to give a, a percentage of my thoughts on that, honestly, I would probably say maybe 65% that they stay internally. But oh, that's wow. Still, that's still me thinking Keith is gone. See, I'm thinking, and you're so sorry to say that it's going to be staying internally. You think for just the GM role? I I would I, I'm I'm kind of thinking and somewhat hoping that it's like Pridham and or Wickenheiser for GM, and then Carberry gets promoted to coach. Now we we did touch on it. Maybe Carberry is not the per- person to be the coach right now because of the fact that he's still young and up and coming, but it's happened before. There's so many good people in that organization right now. It would be a shame to blow it up. Like there's a reason that everybody is always constantly asking for permission to talk to the coaches, the general managers, the assistant general managers. So I, what I think is going to happen, I'd say 70%, they're going to keep everybody in the positions they're in, but they're going to bring in a GM from outside because of the fact that the team is kind of in win now mode, they need somebody or they're going to think they need somebody with experience uh, that has, you know, a fresh set of eyes on this team that can bring a different take to, uh, you know, changing 20% of this team around to see if it's going to take them over the edge there. Like I don't, I see the argument for keeping it internal because it's the people that know this team the best, but I think that's kind of what they're trying to move away from right now is, is bringing in somebody who can take a fresh look at this team and go, okay, here's what I've been screaming about from my office that you guys need to do. Let's do it. I could go either way, but I'm going to say 70, 30, it's going to be somebody outside for GM. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Either way, last thing, let's go something fun. Um, This is super old. I've been meaning to do this for so many episodes. This was posted May 9th. Um, So this is from Bar Down and TSN's Instagram. 
These are <laughs> AI-generated uh, mascots. Did you see They're these? Terrifying. They're horrible. So um, I'm just gonna see, can I zoom in on this? Yeah. So the Montreal one, if you're just listening, is like a it's like a it's like a bear with a Montreal jersey on. Nothing crazy. They get increasingly strange though. The Senators one looks like a weird bug for some reason. It does. Made made out of a senator's hat. The lightning is like Victor. I don't Hedman. even know what the what. <laughs> it's Victor Hedman. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it looks like some weird Thor type thing with like a burglar mask made into a hat. I don't know. The Leafs though. It says Oyoroyo Lane Leers like words on ai do not compute <laughs> no they don't but i gotta give it to them the hands don't look shitty even though they are mascot hands okay next one uh bruins nothing too crazy there just a bear in a bruins costume buffalo sabers this one's better than theirs just a giant buffalo yeah <laughs> i love this fucking detroit red wings though <laughs> You know those, you know those things where like, oh, my teacher made everyone's drawings into like a stuffed animal. It looked yep. like a kid drew a duck and then they made it into a mascot. Like, it's a it's a child's drawing of a duck with hair. It's so. Weird. And why is it a duck? <laughs> the panther one just looks like a furry. I'm sorry. I mean, I know they all kind of do, but like that's just. Okay, the penguin one again is like it looks like a snowman. It looks like a kid drew a penguin, but it's a snowman. That's so good. The Washington one's a little weird. It also says anals. <laughs> I don't know why. Zoom in on that. I think it says canals, doesn't it? No, oh, no, that's, that's definitely armpit. anals. <laughs> yeah oh my god okay no gritty is so much better than this but i love that it's almost gritty it's very similar to gritty but if he went to like first choice hair cutters yeah it's like his head is just an orange pom-pom with a gritty face <laughs> but this this new york ragers but it's it's his like ear pins i don't i don't know what this thing is i also don't know how it's also kind of crazy that an ai was able to make this much of a thing like obviously this is the devil's just a devil what is this nip though <laughs> i think that's supposed to be the islanders i know but like what is it a fisherman maybe he's got a little bull hat on he's like <laughs> they all, they either look like something from an 80s horror movie or something from sesame street it and speak of 80s horror movie. The Hurricanes one? Uh, both of them. <laughs> the Blue Jackets oh, one looks Lord. like the next Saw villain. Yeah, I don't... It's like a ghost face, Yeti. And then the Columbus one's like a, a reborn Confederate soldier or something. <laughs> What do we got here? What is this one? This looks like a basketball one. Rotohan? Yeah, that's got to be a basketball one. Maybe, isn't there a basketball team, the Bobcats or something? But these are NHL ones. 
Because that's the av- yeah, they're all NHL ones. So what the hell is that? Mm, the colors don't match up to no. Phoenix Coyotes. Oh my god! Thank you. That's because that we're so we're me. so used to the idea of that team not being in Arizona anymore. Yeah, and if you'd like to hear more about the uh, city of Tempe voting no on having an arena, check out Sports is Fun, hosted by Marty Zilster. He's got a two-parter on that ordeal. Uh, meanwhile, what is this Blackhawk thing? Looks like an orangutan. It looks like his, like behind his eyes are like black eggs, like birds' eggs. Like go- Google a picture of an or- orangutan. Like that's like a, a face of an orangutan with a beak, pretty much. Orang, how do you spell orangutan? <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Right? Or am I wrong? I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I need to here share this tab. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you're right. Okay, and then we got the avalanche, which is. That one a I'm okay brown with. yeti a what no i was just gonna say that one i'm actually okay with that one's not bad that's pretty cool i don't get this dallas stars one and why he's got like a puppet on a stick yeah is that <laughs> looks like an to... evil bear is it supposed to be like a bulldog or something i don't know it's like a green bear dog thing with like a white ghost dog with like a it looks like kenny from south park reversed it's like white with an orange face inside <laughs> on a stick okay the winnipeg jets one is sick it looks like a pilot chicken (laughs) (laughs) it looks like the mascot for like a fast food place like chick-fil-a had had a baby with winnipeg jets sorry what did you just call it chick-fil-a i don't know i we don't i've never been to one (laughs) (laughs) chick-fil-a whatever because it's a fillet of chicken Okay, I've ne- literally, I've never been. I think they're only in the States. Anyway, the St. Louis Blues one's pretty cool. I like that it looks like he's just walking down the street. Yeah. It's like a big band leader. It looks like kind of a melted Mr. Peanut cousin. I was thinking of the the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah, it looks like like some already made corporate mascot, like in a suit. I don't know. It's weird. The wild one is sick. Actually, both of these are pretty cool. Do I have to zoom out here? Is that what's going on? The Nashville one's actually kind of terrifying. Yeah, I don't get what the head is. It looks oh, it's a predator. So it's like doing like predator from predator. <laughs> oh, got it. I hate that I had to say predator three times for that to make sense. <laughs> You could have said z- Xenomorph. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, okay, the Mighty Duck one is dope. Like, it looks like Donald Duck in a, in a Duck's jersey. Yeah. It looks like if if Disney were to do how they're live-actioning everything, if they did, like, a live-action Mighty Ducks movie, but it's, like, a live-action animated Mighty Ducks movie, this is what it would look like. It's like the son of Howard the Duck. 
Oh, God. <laughs> it does look like Howard the Duck. <laughs> this is why you have to watch this on YouTube. It's up on uh, Inside the Rink. If you are listening up to this point, switch over to YouTube. It's so much better. Uh, what is this Calgary Flame? I, it looks I, like a, a stunned fish with like a bunch. It looks like a, a beta fish. It does. It looks like something you might run into if you walk down downtown Calgary at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the sea just has like, they took the flame out of the middle and it just flipped it to the outside. Like some of the logos are untouched and the AI just botched other ones. Oh my God, what is this? <laughs> okay okay the edmonton oilers have like i don't know what to call this it looks like it looks like if you were to play some weird like cartoon hockey game on nintendo switch what your character would look like it's like kind of or like how would you describe this sloth from the goonies with a a disco ball helmet strapped on him yep he's got the tinfoil hat on i love that it's like very much strapped on like it's not just on there like a normal helmet it's it's fastened and he's also huge (laughs) (laughs) like comparatively these ones look like normal sized people this is like the guy's head is at the fucking oilers logo (laughs) That's nuts. And on the flip side, this needs to be the Los Angeles Kings mascot. The Kings one is is pretty good. This giant crown. It's merging the the current colors with some purple from the original colors. Yeah, it's like a a hairy... um, King. I don't know. King. Yeah, it just looks maybe like a dog. Yeah, it's like a Shih Tzu kind of terrier type looking dog but it's a it's like blue and white with a gold uh silver and black get up what the fuck have Cav- <laughs> these these two beside each other just doesn't seem fair <laughs> yeah like th- you can you can clearly tell batman was involved with this because the golden knights had to look good <laughs> i guarantee i'm gonna scroll up and there's gonna be a sick uh seattle kraken one so the Vegas Golden Knights get like a Marvel character, pretty much. <laughs> like or it looks like a villain from a Power Rangers episode. Yeah, and then the, the and Canucks then, get what looks like someone squeezed toothpaste into a Canucks jersey, and it's just shrugging like I don't know how I got here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it says Cavavies. <laughs> Why does it say Cavavies? Of course. So the sharks and the kraken. <laughs> Just get a shark and a kraken. The shark I don't isn't even know even what that tr- well done, though. No, it looks like... Someone's in um, pajamas with a shark head on. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like shark pajamas. Like something you'd rent from party lines for like a kid's birthday. And then, uh, like, you just rented the head and it comes with, like, a little onesie you throw on. Yeah. And then this Kraken is, like, 
a drama club project for a, <laughs> like a public school play. I don't know. It's a good one, but like, look at these fingers. Well, supposed to be Can you imagine he comes right? up and tries to like, tries to like grab you with these tentacles. He's like putting this like thing in your face. <laughs> it's like trying to, tries to like hand you a shirt. It's like hooked onto the tentacle. Like, what's his name from Scary Movie? Here, take my good hand. That is like the fifth time we've referenced that on the show. I love it. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, I needed a laugh because I don't know what the hell is going to go on with this team over the next three months. But we're all in this together. I don't know, man. Close game alert. No, I don't care. Denver Nuggets. So um, this is not the final four I thought we'd be seeing, but eh, whatever. Is no, Florida going to win the cup? They're up 3 nothing now. I feel less bad. <laughs> like... If they just go on a tear, it's like, whatever. They were just on a tear. Like, Bobrovsky literally carried them all. The- Bobrovsky and Kachuk have put the entire team on their back and just carried them through this. Like, fine. If that's what happened, I can live with that. It just sucks that they're blowing it all up in response to getting goalied. I know that's a very reductionist way to look at this, but it's just what it feels like. Yeah, that definitely is what it feels like. And it's it's continuing to happen. Like his goal saved above expected is two point one four for tonight's game. <sighs> like even Freddie was point nine two goal saved above expected. It's not like he played poorly. You go <sighs> look at it, if you look at expected goal percentage for the Hurricanes Panthers game for tonight, which was a one nothing win. For the Panthers. The entire Carolina team is above 60% expected goals at 5 on 5. Holy shit. The entire team. The entire Panthers team is below 50%. (laughs) Of course they are. Like. I hate this. Yeah. Okay. Let's end off with uh, some wise words here. Sometimes you feel like there's no hope left in the world and then you see something like this and you go like, you know what? We're gonna be okay. We're gonna fucking be okay. We are gonna be okay. Thank you for listening to Leafs Light Night. Any uh, today in anything history? Not for tonight. (laughs) We out of here. Good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Check out sports. Sports is, is fun.